just ask you to bless this time as we look at your word, guide and teach us from your Holy Spirit to lead us and help us to see something out of this long list of names in the, in the genealogy. And we just thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Second Chronicles. Yeah, I want to get to Second Chronicles. Get out of the genealogy. First Chronicles, <laughs> chapter 2. Starting at verse 1. Basically, on the last chapter, we got up to Abraham, and now we're going to be looking uh, to the next generation. Verse, uh, chapter 2, verse 1. These are the sons of Israel, Reuben, Simeon, Levi, Judah, Issachar, Zebulun, Dan, Joseph, Benjamin, Naphtali, Gad, Asher, and the sons of Judah, Er, and Onan, and Shelah, which three were born unto him of the daughter of Shua, the Canaanitess. And Er, the firstborn of Judah, was evil in the sight of the Lord, and he slew him. And Tamar, his daughter-in-law, bare him Perez and Zerah. All the sons of Judah were five. And the sons of Perez were Hezron and Humul, and the sons of Zerah, Zimri and Ethan, and Heman, and Kalkol, and Derah, five of them in all. And the sons of Karmai, Achar, the troubler of Israel, who transgressed in the thing accursed. All right, we're going to stop there because there's quite a bit that I wanted to cover just in those names. <laughs> uh, so we're starting here with the sons of Israel. Israel is the first of the patriarchs that actually had children. <laughs> Uh, Abraham had one child, which was Isaac. Isaac had two children, which were Jacob, later named Israel, and Esau. And now we're going to look at the oldest son of Israel. His name was Judah. And he has three sons to begin with, Er, Onan, and Shelah. And they were all born unto him. And it says, Er, his firstborn of Judah, did evil in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord slew him. Uh, this happened in Genesis 38, and he gave Tamar, Er's er son, to his brother Onan, because that was what was to happen. Without, with a, if a, there was no seed to it, they, the next brother in line got the wife of the previous brother, and he refused to impregnate her, uh, and God slew him. <laughs> then... Uh, Judah decided, you know, wait for my other son. He's not quite old enough to get married, and he had no intention of giving her to Tamar. And if you remember this, the story about it, Tamar dressed up as a prostitute, went out where Judah was, was uh, shearing his sheep, lured him in, got pregnant by her father-in-law, and as he was getting ready to stone her, you know, she, because he didn't have the gift, you know, the money to pay her at the time, she took his ring and his staff. And then when he was getting ready to stone her, he said, okay, you know, uh, I'll tell you what, the owner of, the, of these items <laughs> is the one who is also at fault. And immediately Judah recognized it. And we find that later on, we find out that Tamar is listed in the genealogy of Jesus. So we have this situation going on. Judah, Judah told her, well, you're more righteous than I am. I didn't give you the, the third son that you were supposed to have. And he took her as a, as a wife to 
as, as well. Um, so all of that happened. That was from uh, Genesis 38. Um, and Tamar bare him Perez and Zerah, and all the sons of Judah were five. So he ends up having five sons in all, uh, three with the Canaanite, two of which were, were uh, slain by God for disobedience, and then two through Tamar. Uh, so that's a little bit of what happens there. And the sons of Zephar, Zimri, Ethan, Heman, Kola, Dera, and five of them all. And then we go down to the sons of Carmi, Achar, the troubler of Israel who transgressed in the things accursed. Now, if you don't remember Achar, that's because in this particular verse, they changed his name to trouble, and he, that's the name for Achan. He's the one that goes into the promised land and steals the uh, stuff out of uh, Jericho, and they are cursed and lose, lose people in a battle. So here, again, we see how short a time there is between the patriarchs and the time they leave to go to Egypt. Um, and this is the greatest thing I learned from these genealogies is Paul in the New Testament is going to say that Israel was in Egypt 430 years from the time of promise. Now, most people take that to say that they were in Egypt for 430 years, and then you go to, to uh, Chronicles here and find out there's only three generations between, uh, four generations between Isaac and the time they leave Egypt. And that's hard to put 430 years in, three gen in four generations. But the key there that everybody forgets is from the time of promise. And what was the promise? Isaac. So it's 430 years from Isaac's birth. So now that gives us five generations, which is still quite a bit to squeeze into 430 years, but at least we can do it. It's not as, it's not as big a deal to go from Isaac, Jacob, his 12 sons, and then three generations in between and end up with 430 years. Uh, so this is one of those things where you take, try to tie all of the scriptures in together to understand and read key words within the scriptures. Uh, and I know that does make as many people excited as it does me, but it just shows the evidence of the Bible being true. Um, the sons of Ethan, Az Azariah, the sons of Hezron, that were born unto him, Jeremiel and Ram, and Shelubai, and Ram begat Am Amadab, and Amadab begat Nashan, prince of the children of, of Judah, and Nashan begat Samal, and Samal begat Boaz, and Boaz begat Obed, Obed, and Obed begat Jesse. And Jesse begat the first, his firstborn, Eliab, Abinadab the second, Shimna the third, Nathaniel the fourth, Radii the, the fifth, Ozan the sixth, David the seventh, whose sisters were Zeruiah and Abigail, and the sons of Zeruiah, Abishai and Joab, and Asiel three, and Abigail begat Amos, Amos, Amasa, and the father of Amasa was Jether the Ishmaelite. All right, so we're going down the line of Judah, and Judah was to be the kingly reign according to, to uh, Israel when he blessed them. He said the, the throne will come through Judah. All right, 
And so D David is going to come out of the line of Judah. And so we go through here, and we go through Ram to Shemal to Boaz. Now, Boaz is the one in the story of Ruth that marries Ruth. And he is going to bear her a child, and his name is going to be Obed. And then Obed begets Jesse. And Jesse begets a whole bunch of kids. And that's where we get to the story of David being chosen. If you remember when David, when Elijah, uh, when Samuel comes to anoint a king, he tells uh, Jesse, bring your sons to the feast. We're going, God's got a special thing. So he has seven sons and he invites six of them to come to the feast. You know, leaves the youngest one out in the field because, hey, he's, he's insignificant. He's nothing but the shepherd. Uh, if there's something special about my sons, it's going to be one of these six, not, not David. It's kind of amazing how the youngest so often gets left behind in their consideration. And you hear it all the time from youngest, but it is true, and even in the Bible, that they tend to be forgotten, even though God tends to choose them. Oftentimes, God takes the youngest and forgotten one rather than the firstborns. And so this was the, the list of what we have. And we see here this direct lineage between Abraham to David. And that's what this whole process is going to be showing us, that there's a kingly line that God said was going to come through Judah and go to David, which is why it was very amazing when we read in Samuel that the first king was a Benjamite, because Benjamin was not supposed to be where the lion came from. And you know, it's kind of interesting that that was who God chose to be their first king, the one that he was going to reject uh, was from Benjamin. Uh, even though the prophecy said that the king, the king would come from Judah. Uh, and then we have David's sisters, Zariah and Abigail. And Zariah gives Abishai, Joab, and Asiel. Now, these are, should be names that you will remember. Abishai was a mighty man of David. He encouraged David. He's the one that encouraged David to kill Saul in the cave when, when uh, Saul was relieving himself. He says, this is, this is your chance. Go kill him. This was his uh, nephew telling him to do this. Uh, you know the name Joab. Joab is David's general. Joab is going to be a mighty thorn in David's side over, over the years. And uh, think that he's greater than, than he's supposed to. We're not going to go back over all of his history, but he is David's general. Uh, Asiel is, is the, in the uh, nephew that Abner killed in 1 Samuel 26 when, when Asiel was chasing after him, after Abner, who is Saul's general. Uh, he was chasing after him. He kept saying, quit chasing me, quit chasing me, quit chasing me. And he wouldn't stop, and Abner put his spear into Asiel's you know, be just stabbed behind him and killed Ashiel. And uh, Abishai and Joab took that very personal. They, you know, uh, he died in battle, but they decided that they were going to kill Abner and later on killed, murdered him in cold blood, not in a battle. Uh, so, the, you know, David's, children, David's uh, relatives were not nice people, most of them. Uh, they had a lot of problems. Uh, and so, and then we have Amasiah is the one that was, was also murdered by Joab in, in 2 Samuel 20. 
So we've got a lot of people that are going to die, a lot of people that are uh, valiant. These guys follow David everywhere he goes. They're, they're listed in his mighty men. Uh, they're warriors. And so we have this long list, and these come from his nephews. Uh, so his nephews join him and become leaders in his kingdom. And we don't hear much about David's brothers. After, you know, we hear him, you know, they badmouth him when he, you know, if you remember when, when David says, you know, here's Goliath, and he says, what, what is this? Why, why isn't anybody going to attack this guy? He's defying the God of, God of Israel. And all of the, you know, and one of his brothers say, uh, you know, shut up. We know, you know, we know how naughty you are, how you just want to be here to see the battles. Uh, and really gets after him and, David gets after him because it's like he's, he's defying God. Uh, Jesse's family was not seemingly all that righteous when we go through this, and, and David followed God. You know, and that's what he did when he was up in the wilderness, out, in the, out there taking care of his sheep. He, he focused on God. And this is, this is one of the things. When we are by ourselves, our true nature is going to show up. Are we worshiping God, or are we doing things that are against God. And David has the heart to, to seek God. He creates psalms. He's praying. He's looking for God to bless him. He's, he's reaching out to God, and God blesses him in the long run with an eternal kingdom, a line that will never end. And this chapter is going to show that that line did not end, and it goes into uh, Matthew and Luke's line that shows all these kings can be, you know, the royal line can be traced back through this one in, in, uh, in chapter 2. All right, any questions so far? <laughs> All right, verse 18. And Caleb, the son of Hezron, begat children of Azubah, his wife, and Jeroth, her sons were, those, were these, Jeshur and Jobab and Ardon. And when Azubah was dead, Caleb took unto him Ephrath, which bore him her, and her begat Uri, and Uri begat Bilzael, and toward Hezron went, and afterwards Hezron went into his daughter of Milcar, the father of Gilead, whom he married when he was 60 years old, and she bare him Sugub, and Sugub begat Jareel, who had 23 cities in the land of Gilead, and he took Geser, and Aram, and the towns of Zerah with them, and Ginnath, and the towns thereof, even sixty cities, all these belonged to the sons of Milcar, the, the father of Gilead. And after that, Hezron was, after that, Hezron was dead in Calebephratah, and Abiah, Hezron's wife, bare him Asher, the father of Tekoa. So here's just a bunch of names, and I didn't do a lot of research on any of these names and people to see who who they are, or there was anything special about them. I'm kind of just hitting and picking, choosing different names that stand out to me uh, to talk about as we go through here. Uh, and the sons of Zephramiel, the firstborn was Hezron, of Hezron were Ram, the firstborn of Benu, and Orin, and Orzin, and Ahijah, and Jehemiel, had also another wife whose name was Atamra, and she was the mother of Onam. And the sons of Ram, the firstborn was Zehemael, were Maha, Maaz, Jaim, Ikor, 
The sons of Anam were Shamiai, Jedah, the sons of Shamiai, Nadab, and Abishur. The name of the wife of Abishur was Abahiel, and she bare him Abban and Molid, and the sons of Nadab, Silad, and Apaim, and Saled died without children, and the sons of Apanim, Ishi, the sons of Ishi, Sheshan, and the children of Sheshan, Ali, and the sons of Jadah, the brother of Shammai, Jethro, and Jonathan, and Jether died without children, and the sons of Jonathan, Peleth, and Zaza, were also the sons of Jarmel. All right, we're working through, we're working through this list of uh, Judah's children. <laughs> None of these ones do I remember anything special about. Uh, I'm sure that if I'd spent a lot of time going through every single name, there would have been something that stood out in various ones, but I'm just going to hit the high, high point. So this is just a practice in reading lots of names right now. Now, Shishan had no sons but daughters, and Shishan had a servant, an Egyptian, whose name was Jarhab, and Shishan gave his daughter to Jahar, his servant to wife, and she bare him a tie. And a tie begat Nathan, and Nathan begat Zabad, and Zabad begat Ethla, and Ethla begat Obed, and Obed begat Jehu, and Jehu begat Azariah, and Azariah begat Hazel, and Hazel begat Elasa, and Elasabah begat Shimsam Ai, and Shimsha Ai begat Shulam, and Shulam begat Jechemiah, and Jechemiah begat Ishama. All right. Now you'll notice that many of these names are being repeated. Most of these people are not anybody that we know. You know, when we talked about Nathan, it's not the prophet Nathan that comes to see David later on. It's just somebody named Nathan. Uh, it's just like us. We have many names that are used all the time. Uh, huh? Well, to begin, the, the purpose of all these names are to be able to prove the genealogies and prove the timelines. We don't really care about many of them because it doesn't mean anything until we're actually researching different things. But they give us a direct lineage of the various people. Uh, Judah is the kingly line. So people, if people are from Judah, the tribe of Judah, they want to know where do they fit in. It's kind of like the uh, royal royal lines in all the European countries that still have kings and queens. They put a lot of effort into knowing how many, how far down the line are you from the royal, from the royal throne. All right. And they know that first, second, third, I mean, those are the obvious ones. But, you know, if somebody was to wipe out the entire royal family in the castle, you want to know who the next, next in line that is not living in the castle is. And so people use this line of Judah. And that's why they put so much time into Judah's line. Because this is the kingly line. The other line that we're going to see a lot of effort into is the line of Levi. And that's because it is the priestly line. So we want to know who has the right to be priest. Outside of that, we don't care too much about them. He was not a king. But Israel, when he blessed him, said that he would be the one that would bear the rod, uh, bear the, rod the scepter. So when he was blessed by his father... It said, well, you're not the king, but, you're, but there will be a king, and he will come out of your line. All right? Which is why, again, when the first king came out of Benjamin, there was a lot of people going, uh, you know, if they knew their Bible and they knew the prophecies, they're going, how can this be 
how can this be? He's not supposed to, the king is not supposed to be a Benjamite. Uh, and yet Samuel said, this is the one that God has chosen and then rejected. Uh, and then David was put in his place. All right, now the sons of Caleb, the brother of Jaramiel, were Jesha, his firstborn, which was the father of Ziph, the sons of Maresha, the father of Hebron, the sons of Hebron, Korah, and Tabuah, and Rechem, and Shema, and Shema begat Reham, the father of Jorkarom, and Rechem begat Shammai, and the sons of Shammai was Ma'an, and Ma'an was the father of Bethzur, and Ethram, Caleb's concubine, bare Haram, and Mozah, and Gazi, and Haran begat Gazils, and the sons of Jedai, Rechem, and Jotham, and Geshem, and Pelet, and Ephraim, and Shaphat, Mahaka, and Caleb's concubine bare Sheber, and Turhana, and she bare him Shaphat, the father of Mad, Madmanna, Siva, the father of Matna, Machbetna, the father of Gibeah, and the daughter of Caleb was Aksha. Now again, these are names that we don't really know. You know, unless you do some deep research, there's no stories that I know of that these guys stand out on. Uh, but it's kind of interesting in one sense that these are all very important people. All right, now here we go with somebody that we know. These were the sons of Caleb, the son of Hur, the firstborn of Ephrathah, Sheba, the father of Kirjarim, and Shema, Shalma, the father of Bethlehem, Haref, the father of Beth Geder, and Shobal, the father of Gerjerim, and the sons of Hora, the half of Manasseh, half of the Manassehites, and the sons of Kirjarim, the Ithrites, and the Puhites, and the Shamatrites, and the Mishrites. And them came, and of them came the Zarethites and the Ishtauites, and the sons of Shalomal, Bethlehem, and Kedorites, and Atoroth, the house of Joab, and half of the Manatherites and the Zorites and the families of the scribes which dwelt in, at Jabez, in Tithra, and Shemithah, and Sukkotites. These were the Kenites that came from, came of Hermoth, the father of the house of Rechbah. All right, so we go back to verse 50, and here we have a name that we should stand out to us, Caleb, the son of Hur. Now, if you don't remember who Caleb is, huh? Now, Caleb, the son of Hur, is the general for Moses. Uh, he is going to lead the battles going on. He is the second right-hand man to Joshua. He is the one that says, give me that mountain over there with the giants when it comes to giving the people. He is one of the 12 spies that come back with Joshua and Caleb that say, 
we can take this land. <laughs> He's one of the two people that get to live the whole time of the wandering and get to go into the promised land because they agreed that God could take that land. And so God said, okay, everybody else dies, you, get to, you two get to go in. Which means when they entered into the promised land, they were fairly old. <laughs> Forty years of wandering in the wilderness, they were fighting men that were leaders, which means they were probably in their late 20s or early 30s at the youngest. So when they come into the promised lands, they're 60, 70 years old. And they both do great things in the promised land and, and take challenges and say, you know, we knew God could take it in the first place, and, and Caleb is going to be one that says, I want that mountain, and the one that nobody wants. There were giants in that land, and he goes, I want that one. <laughs> you know, 70 years old, he wants the land that was hard to take. So he has quite a reputation, and he has, he's blessed by God with his family coming down, you know, through all of this. All right. Um, and then he has various families of the scribes, uh, that, are, that are going to work and describe. So he gets a famous generation. All right, chapter 3, unless there's any questions on what we've covered so far. Chapter 3 is about David's children. Now these were the sons of David, which were born unto him in Hebron. The first one, Ammon, the uh, of Ahonamah, the Jezreelite. The second, Daniel, of Abigail, the Carmelitess. The third, Absalom, the son of Micah, the daughter of Talmah, king of Geshur. The fourth, Adonijah, the son of Haggith. And the fifth was Shethatiah of Abigail. And the sixth was Ithraim of Eglah, his wife. These six were born to him in Hebron. And there he reigned seven years and six months. And in Jerusalem, he reigned for 33 years. All right, all of these children were not technically born in Hebron, but these were the ones that were born before he took over uh, in, Heb in Jerusalem. Uh, and if you remember these various individuals, uh, his first wife was Abinah, which we don't know a whole lot, Abigail. Abigail is the one that rescued her husband from being murdered by David when David was in, uh, in the area of the Carmel. Uh, Car uh, Carmel. And he was taking care of all, you know, making sure that nobody stole the sheep and everything. And he went down and he asked uh, Nabal, which means fool, uh, to give him some supplies because he had taken care of. Nabal gave him a smart-mouthed answer. <laughs> and David decided that uh, he had been protecting this guy for no reason and was starting to ride down to, to kill Nabal and his entire family and everything that he had. David was not a nice guy either in many cases. <laughs> Uh, you know, Nabal never asked him to protect him, never asked, you know, for this protection. And then David gets mad that he protected him for nothing. And Abigail rides out and gives David a gift and, and stuff to, to, to pacify him. And then when her husband dies because God judges him, David goes out and he marries Abigail. So there's a lot of, a lot of the story in Abigail that, that we probably do know. Uh, and the third was Absalom, the son of Machah, the daughter of Taimai, the of Gersher the fourth. Absalom, that's a name we know really well. He is going to be one of David's many children that rebel against him. This is Absalom is going to um, usurp the throne. 
He is the one that is going to uh, kill his brother Amnon for raping his sister. All right. Uh, and then he takes over the throne because he's angry with his dad for exiling him and never, never defending his sister's honor. Uh, and so he's very angry at his father and that anger that he builds up over time and to the point where he kills his brother. I can't remember what it was, but it was years after. It wasn't even, and it was in cold blood. He invited his brother to a feast, to a great big party, and his brother foolishly attended the party. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I, he, I guess. Who knows? Who knows the logic on why? David knew something was up because he, he questioned why Amnon should go to this party, and then Amnon went and was killed by his brother, and then David exiled his brother. Uh, his brother was worthy of death. And what chapter was that in? Was it? I I don't remember. I didn't look that story up. <laughs> I think it's Second Samuel, the beginning of Second Samuel, Samuel yeah. early in Second Samuel. Uh, might have even been the end of First Samuel because Solomon is is reigning at Second at Samuel. Uh, so we have all of these things going on. David has six princes before he even leaves Hebron. Now remember when Saul was killed in battle, Judah made David king. And he reigned in Hebron. And David and Saul's family are going to have seven and a half years of civil war. Because the generals are holding each other up. Abner is still trying to, and Joab are fighting each other and, and, and working on it. And there's going to be seven and a half years of civil war where David just has one tribe. His, his family that is supporting him. And... Uh, then when he moves to Jerusalem, um, and these were born to him in Jerusalem, Shimea and Shobab and Nathan and Solomon, four from Bathsheba, the daughter of Am Amiel, and Abhar also, and Ishaalma, and Elithlet, and Nogab, and Nepheg, and Japhiah, and Ashimiah, and and Elias and Ephiat, nine children in Bethlehem. Bathsheba is the one that he killed. Bathsheba is the, the one that he... Killed his, her right, right. So Bathsheba is the one. She bears him four, chil you know, four children in and of herself. And the first one dies because of the sin of the, the murder and the adultery. And God says, okay, I'm not, I'm David, I'm not killing you, but you're not going to be rewarded by a, a son from this from this. Well, that's why when you when you know the stories behind it, some of these names jump out at us. Yeah, some names jump out at you and say, "We know these names." Other ones are just the lines to get to where <laughs> to the ones we know. Um, and so, yes, Bathsheba is going to bear him four sons. So he ends up with fifty princes from all of this so he's got plenty he's got plenty of wives so he's going to have plenty of kids and David's going to also have concubines besides that are going to give him kids so uh, David had more wives than he needed and his son Solomon has it worse off than David 
Because as we read David's story all through 1 Samuel and, and uh, through there, we see David, every time he saw a, a woman that he liked, he married her. Now, he didn't see as many women that he liked as Solomon sees, but uh, he does have a little problem with, you know, saying, I'm going to get, you know, I'm just going to get married over and over and over again. And I'm sure that he, he thought he loved every one of them and maybe even did love them. And Bathsheba, he seems to really have loved uh, and as we go through all of this. And then in verse 9 it says, These were all the sons of David besides the sons of the concubines and Tamar, their sister. So the concubines have a bunch of sons. And it appears with everything we see that David has one daughter. Tamar. She's the only one listed. And everywhere we see it says sons. Now it could be that all the other ones did not matter to the, to the story, to, you know, to the, to the gene, genealogy. But Tamar is listed. Tamar is listed because Ammon rapes her. And then, uh, yeah, Absalom <laughs> defends her honor. And Absalom and Tamar are listed as being very beautiful children. So there was great beauty in them. And the way they described Absalom is that he was the, oh, I don't know who a male, male model is in today's world, but you know, he was the, you know, the epitome of beauty from his head to his toe. He was what women desired. All right, whatever that meant in that day and age. All right. Uh, and it kind of indicates that everybody saw that beauty and, they, and he was attractive to them. And this is how he brought everybody to his side to re rebel against David. He had looks, he had smarts, he was, he was intelligent. You know, he, he had everything going for them and, and would have made a great king if he'd have just been patient and not tried to do things on his own. And so Tamar is the only one listed on, on this uh, list of David's children that is a daughter. So David ends up with 15, uh, well, 19 children in all, one princess and a whole bunch of and sons from his concubines. Uh, and so we see all of this going on as we go forward on, on this. And then we get to verse 10. And Solomon, son of, Solomon's son was Rehoboam, and Abiah his son, and Asa his son, and Jehoshaphat his son, and Jotham his son, and ha Ahaziah, his son, and Joash, his son, and Amaziah, his son, and Amaziah, his son, and Jotham, his son, and Ahaz, his son, Hezekiah, his son, and Manasseh, his son, Ammon, his son, Josiah, his son, and the sons of Josiah, the firstborn was Jehonan, the second was Jehoiakim, and the third was Zedekiah, and the fourth was Shalom, and the sons of Jehoiakim, Je Jeconiah, his son, and Zedekiah, his son. All right. So right now, we just covered the entire kingly reign in that few verses. All right. There were other sons, but all of a sudden, they've switched to saying, we're just going to give you the ones that are important because we're going to trace the king line. And if you remember, we talked about all these guys in the last, last year or two, two years, whatever it might be. Uh, so... So Solomon gives birth to Rehoboam and, this, and the kingdom divides under Rehoboam because of his foolishness. He foolishly listened to his young advisors that gave him bad advice. And this kingdom split. 
And then we go through a long line of kings. Jehoshaphat, one of the good kings. Uh, Ahaziah, uh, the, a good king. Joash, a good, good king for the most part. Uh, Manasseh, one of the worst kings of all uh, that they had. And Hezekiah, remember that Hezekiah asked for more, time, more life. He was given 15 years. And during his extra time, he gave birth to Manasseh. Uh, and Manasseh was the worst king that they had had. So it was a really bad answer. Josiah, one of the greatest kings of Israel. He was one that brought a great revival and almost bought them time. Uh, he eliminated the high places. He eliminated the temples. He eliminated the idols. But he never got the people's heart to follow after God. Even though he followed after God, the people did not follow after him. As soon as he died... His son went right back to worshiping all the idols, and the people went right back to worshiping all the idols. So their hearts were never changed. And we talked a lot about how hearts have to be changed for the nation. And this is the, where we are with our country. I'd love to see a revival. I'd love to see our leaders get a revival. But it has to start with the people for it to be a valid revival. And so our prayer as we're going through right now is to pray for revival, to see God bring revival to our country and to our nation. And even though Josiah was a great king, he never got that, that revival to, to flow down. His desire to serve God never fully flowed down to the people. All right. And the sons of Jeconiah were Asher and Salathiel, his son, and Malkiram also, and Pediah and Shimnazar, and Jechemiah, Hoshemah, and Nerebiah, the sons of Pediah, were Zerubbabel and Shimei, and the sons of Zerubbabel, Mishulam, and Hananiah, and Shelomirth, their sister. I want to stop there for just a moment because Zerubbabel may be a name that you might recognize or may not recognize. When we got to Zedekiah, uh, uh, let me go back and I know how to pronounce Zedekiah. He was the last official king of Judah before they went into captivity. And if you note, remember the name of Zerubbabel, he is, the, he is placed as governor of Jerusalem on the return from exile. So Zerubbabel is going to come in with Ezra and Nehemiah and be assigned governor. He's not given the title king because there's still a vassal of Babylon, uh, of the Medo-Persian Empire at that time, and they're not going to have a subordinate king you know, in there, but they give him the title governor. But he is of the royal line. So these names that we just had were to show the line from, from David's continuing to the leaders of the re returned people out of exile. All right? So again, these are little names, these little stories that I'm trying to bring up to us so we see the importance of these names as we, as we go through. All right, and the sons of Hanani were Pelatiah and Jeshaiah, the sons of Rephiah, the sons, the sons of Arnam, the sons of Obadiah, the sons of Shechaniah, the sons of Shechaniah and Shimei, the sons of Shimei, Hattush and Egiel and Beriah and Naariah and Saphat were six. And the sons of Nehariah were Elianiah 
and Hezekiah and Zarechem were three, and the sons of Elianai were Hodiai, Eliashib, and Peloriah, and Akub, and Johanan, and Dalariah, and Anani were seven. So here we're just seeing the completion, the, the laying out of the kings from David all the way to the return of the exile. And they're going to stop here because this book was written around the time of the exile. <laughs> all right, so we're not going to know all the kings from this point to the time when Jesus was born. We get those, those names in uh, Matthew and, and uh, Luke, where they pull the records from the temple and show his genealogy all the way through Joseph and Mary. So that we know that David is of the line of David through both of his, both of his so-called parents. All right? Mary, who is his mother, we show that he is part of the line of David through natural birth. And those that would say, okay, well, jo uh, Joseph is his father. So they say, fine, Joseph is of David's birth, David's line as well. Uh, so we see all of this. And this is as far as we're going to go with David because it is where we stop. Uh, and we're going to stop here because I didn't expect to get through all three chapters, <laughs> all these chapters, and, and I don't, and I have not studied the names beyond here. <laughs> so we're going to end a little early today. Anybody have any questions? I'm, I'm not ready to pronounce all the next set of words, so. Nor have I looked for stories out of the <laughs> next set. Huh? Uh, well, I'm glad they are pronunciation keys, and I'm still probably butchering their names. Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for how much you love and care for us. Lord, we thank you that as we get to know your stories, these names start to stand out more, and they're just not names in a book, but they have history and, and stories behind them. And we just thank you for all of this. In Jesus' name, amen. Listening friends, do you know God? Not just know about him. Today is the day to decide to become his child. God loves you, and Jesus came to die for your sins. In Romans 3.23, we are told, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We all have sinned. God says the penalty for sin is death. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. We sin and deserve death and hell. However, Romans 5.8 says, But God commended his love toward us, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. God loves you so much he died for us so that we can be forgiven and have eternal life. How do we do this? Romans 10, 9 through 8 says that if you shall confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Today is that day for you to come to God and truly know him. Do you know him? Do you want to know him? Pray in your own words like this, God, I know that I am a sinner and deserve punishment. I believe that Jesus died to pay my sins. Forgive me and help me to turn from my sins and to live for you. If you have asked this of God and truly believe you are God's child and part of, of his family, we encourage you to do these things. First, tell somebody that you are saved. Second, start reading the Bible each day. We recommend starting with Ephesians and then the Gospel of John. Find a good Bible teaching church. 
If this is your, your day of salvation, you can contact us and we will send you a booklet to get started on your new life and are available to help you with any questions you have about the Bible. You can contact us by email at office at chloridebaptistchurch.com or by mail at Chloride Baptist Church, P.O. Box 65, Chloride, Arizona, 86431.